you're listening to another Type 40 Live Doctor Who podcast from the Spacebook. Audio editions of our video content originally streamed to YouTube and other platforms. A quick reminder, this is recorded completely live and we interact with viewers across those platforms in real time. The occasional detail may get lost in translation, we're working on that, and the odd swear word may pass one or more of our lips, so this show may not be suitable for the under-15s. Now that's all straight. Let's start the show. that music so so much <laughs> never gets old hearing it i'm sure welcome welcome back to the space book the best channel that you'd never heard of if you're here for the first time we'll come to all of that in a little while but yeah this is type 40 live doctor who talk for a couple of hours ish on an afternoon here but it could be different it could be different for you whatever time zone or time stream you are joining us from out there in the universe i am in hall h as you can see but I'm all alone. Yeah, the H stands for Hadley. <laughs> this time, having a Comic Con all of my own, but you're all invited. Let's see who you all are while I'm here. Oh, 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 we've got uh, Vanessa Law. Hi, Vanessa. Good to see you. Thanks for coming back. Who else is here? Daniel Leach says, hello, all. Good to see you too, Daniel. How are you keeping? I haven't seen you around for a little while. Hope you're okay. A little bit of confusion over the start time today on YouTube. Apparently, they've been sending out notices with the wrong time on. Now, I don't know what's been going on there. We may be time lords, but YouTube is YouTube, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know if that was an, an American time or what. I'm not sure what time it is in the States. I'm sure somebody will be able to tell me. But, uh, yeah, we, we apologize for the confusion. I'm uh, glad you can join us anyway. Who else is here? Crimpling Doubloon says, hello, shipmates. Jonathan Cox is also here. Hello. And a big greetings and felicitations. Hope all are well from our mate Darren M there. And uh, Darren Paris, good to see you too. Darren, keeping out of trouble? No? Good, good. Thought not. <laughs> good afternoon. Good afternoon, Darren. Good afternoon. Lovely people in the chat are spreading the love. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. It's great to see you all. Glad you, you've joined us again. Yeah, and if you were here over the last couple of weeks, we've been on a break. We've been on what we call a mid-season break. <laughs> and in the meantime, we put out a couple of videos which have gone down really, really well. So if you haven't caught them, here they are. There was two videos out over the last fortnight, 
and they were pre-recorded videos of the last two actual podcasts. So we've got episode 81 and 82. One was called Hooked on Classics. That was myself, Simon Horton, and Barnaby Jago talking about uh, about the the old days, really, about the the methods they used to use to record Doctor Who on back in the day. Simon, of course, being a TV industry insider, he gave us all of this sort of technical jargon in plain English, while m- myself and Barnaby we sort of stared at it all like cavemen coming into the light. So that was a lot of fun. There was lots more classic Doctor Who talk there. And then last time, there was the big three, our big third birthday episode there with our guests from the True Believers podcast. That was Kyle Wagner and Kevin Wrightsell back on the show after two or three years. So we had a good natter there about all of geek culture and Doctor Who's place in it in 2021, specifically going into Comic-Con season. Because, of course, uh, usually this time of year, Comic-Con, it's the biggest show in the geek calendar, isn't it? And uh, over in San Diego, it's sort of infested with people in cosplay or whatever. But the last couple of years with the coronavirus, the pandemic, it hasn't been able to happen. But there has been a panel this week and a trailer, a teaser or teaser trailer of sorts. I'll let you decide which one which one that was, whilst I, uh, yeah, I've got some other things to show you, actually, come to think of it. So, yes, there are other Doctor Who items out and about before we get into it. And I've got a question for you guys, because we have this piece of merchandise here. This was this was released, a picture of this, sorry, was released last week, and it is a, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> this is from the Big Bad Toy Store, believe it or not, and it is the 13th Doctor's console from inside the TARDIS, so you can get an authentic replica of this made in resin, highly detailed, so it says in the old inverted commas, the 13th Doctor's TARDIS. After centuries left stranding on the planet Desolation as a ghost monument, the TARDIS interior had developed an all-new look with a warm orange colour scheme and glowing giant crystals extended from every corner of the control room with a steampunk console built around a central crystalline spire. Oh, they don't often go on, don't they? A lot of words in there. <laughs> but yeah, this caused quite a lot of hilarity on social media because uh, on its own, separated away from the set, it's, I mean, I always thought it was a bit of an ugly design anyway, but you put this in the form of a collectible to go into the average, the average fan's home. I thought, wow, imagine if you slipped and fell on that. But what I wanted to know from you guys watching there on YouTube or on Facebook, because we are, yes, we are streaming live to YouTube, the world's largest streaming platform, as always, and over onto Facebook, onto the Type 40 Facebook group and Facebook page. What I'd like to know from all of you guys is, what would be a great purpose for this, a practical purpose to use this for in the average family home? Now, I'll say it now. (laughs) If you can keep it clean, that would be great. But it depends on how late it is in other parts of the world. Yeah, we'll have to vet some of these answers, I think. But yeah, what what have I let myself in for, JT? Well, I'm still waiting to hear from them as to where the batteries go. (laughs) Well, looking at it, I'd say there's only one place they can go. Yes, and then that lovely, lovely reassuring up and down movement will, uh, while you're hours away, I'm sure. Hi, Spacebookers, how are you doing? Of your cockles. Yes, good to see you, JT. How are you? You've been keeping up. I'm marvellous, thank you. Welcome back to Scotland, the home of Batman, The Flash, and Indiana Jones. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does seem like Doctor Who is the only thing that's not filming in Scotland at the moment. Uh, well, well, good. Because, because I'd be there. I would be there. Daniel Leach would be there. We'd all be like, we, we would be lining up to get, hey, by the way, we'd like, we would, by the way. <laughs> 
Oh, just just imagine they wouldn't know what they let themselves in for, would they, Daniel? Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. But uh, have you been watching any Doctor Who in the last couple of weeks that have been away? I have. I finished the re-releases of the um, Blu-ray box sets uh, because all, there's four available now. So I've finished those, really enjoyed them. I thought the quality on there was fantastic. So I'm really happy with those. And then what did I watch the other day that I thought was very, very bizarre? Oh, I watched uh, Monster Paladon. Proper Doctor Who. Did you do it all in one day, all six episodes? I did all six episodes in one evening. That's that's brave. I struggle with that one a little. I don't mind telling you. I, I struggle with a lot of the uh, Pertwee six-parters. That's uh, that's something that, yeah, it's my bogey era, I always describe it as. I wonder, mm. if, I wonder if they've got a bogey era. How do you get on with the six-part stories from the classic era, Charlotte? Do you find them a bit of a I do struggle. It depends on the story. I think, what was it, Mysterious Planet? I was like, by the time I got to the third episode, I was like, oh, come, please, it's, this is six episodes. <laughs> No, that was only four, so, Mysterious Planet, because that was the Trial of the Time Lord, unless you count it as being 13, in which no, case you were. <laughs> no, which, which one was it with the ant, with the insects? William Hartnell's oh, the Web, web Planet. Web, web planet. planet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the six-parters six are always hit and miss, because they're effectively, as I identified years later by both Barry Lights and JNT, four-parter with a two-parter added on. Yeah. Or, or really, I mean, I, I had a problem with... Um, the Green Death, which I know is a huge favourite with lots of lots of our our, really? our, our, coll our colleagues, you know. Really? But I do have a problem with it. I think that can be four. Uh, you I know. think that one really rips along. So yes, welcome back, Charlotte Shields. Welcome back to Type Four Live. It's good to see you again. But yeah, as somebody who is discovering the classic show, aren't you? Sort of week by week, picking your way yeah. through it. <laughs> yeah, with the, but when you have these longer stories of six, seven, sometimes eight part stories, some do work better than others, don't they? Yeah, I think there's plenty of trout and six-parters that I think are perfect. Like, the pace is right, they feel yeah. like they should be six-parts, but I think, well, some of them, it's like they almost had the core of the story, but by the fourth part, it's like they've almost given themselves too much to do. Mm. And it's like, yeah. maybe you should have rung it back a bit. Economy. Yeah. Economy yeah. in script writing and in production. And I know somebody who knows all about that because he is a screenwriter, he is a producer, he is a director, and he's an expert in cutting the fat off anything creative you can possibly name. It can only is it be Steven Spielberg? Is it Steven Spielberg? <laughs> <laughs> it's even better. It's even better. It's, it's Yes, I know. Brace yourself. It's Ian David Diaz, the mega geek. Woo! The mega You're geek. terrible. You're terrible. How's <laughs> <laughs> that for a build-up? Have you ever had a better build-up ever in your life? Yeah. <laughs> we won't go into we won't go into that because it involved a Saturday night in a very dodgy club in Peckham. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it wasn't Peckham, it was Ballum. Yeah. Ballum. There you go. <laughs> yes, it starts as you mean to go on, everybody. Please like the video. You don't get comp you don't get this sort of band from Radio Free Scarrow, do you? Like the video yes. and subscribe yes. to the channel yes. because we do this all the time and hit the cloister <laughs> bell so you get those notifications so you know when we're gonna do it all over again. But yeah, what I wanted to ask you both, Charlotte and Ian, is uh, it's about this. So yeah, the image I flashed up on screen a moment ago. Can you think of any household matron years for for this uh, for this particular <laughs> for this particular <laughs> item here? No. <laughs> a doorstop. I a doorstop. Oh, a doorstop. Yeah, That's doorstop. not a bad one. That's not. Yeah. A bad Hi, Nikki. 
We had uh, somebody had a good. Yeah, Vanessa mentioned something in the chat earlier on. She have to put it in again. I think I've I think I've lost what her answer was. But yeah. Uh, well, I've got. <laughs> well, I have. I have got. Uh, I've got an answer here. So I've got. I've got us an answer. This was my idea. I thought it'd be brilliant for squeezing a lemon with. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's clean and it's healthy, everybody. No, it's got the same color as well. Sort go. of, yeah. That may have had something to do with it. Let's <laughs> get that back in, in the in the chat. <sighs> uh, looks like the kind of thing they'd sell on my dirty hobby. I don't. Well, yes. I'm not going to even ask what that is. Oh, is that so what? Will? Can, I, can I ask him? We don't want to know. We don't want to know. So don't. I, don't. I do. Private message me. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, so keep keep the answers coming with that one. I think keep keep it coming. We'll keep that open the entire show. The rabbi from another planet. Don't miss the rabbi from another planet. He's streaming directly after us on YouTube with his with his naughty live stream. And he says the war games was an excellent ten pass that flew by. I'm with the rabbi. I love the war games. Every minute of that is gold. How do you feel about the longer stories, Ian? Do you some because you've just watched uh, an entire season, haven't you, on Blu-ray? So yeah. some of the longer ones, they. Uh... I don't mind them. I don't mind them, especially if you like the person that's playing the Doctor. And I love John Pertweed, so I, it does help. It really does help, you know. And and because John Pertweed is so amazing as the Doctor, even though you see a little bit of crappy effects from time to time, you forget it because it's John Pertweed. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I, I don't mind the long stories at all. Not at all. Mm. Planet of the Daleks, though. Somebody quickly put, you put something up there. Somebody was watching Planet of the Daleks. Sorry, I didn't see who it was out of the space bookers. That could have been a four-parter. Dead easy. Yeah, and Pertry would have still shone in that. You know, He would have had more control over it, I think. Yeah. Uh, Crippling Doubloon says, uh, offers us some tips here on viewing. I find six-parters best watch one episode per evening, like enjoying one slice of a cake over a, over a week rather than scoffing the lot in one oh, I agree. Well, how, I totally how agree. How and sensible. And the NHS mm. would definitely agree with that. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. Yeah. Vanessa, hello, Hi, Vanessa. How you doing? Hello to you. And yeah, Trampoline, got... some of us are very greedy, though, and need it all at once. Nikki Smalls yeah. there, too. Hello, Binge. hello. All good to see you. Yeah. So here, here we are. We've got more comments from the about the, the War Games here. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Leach says the War Games is a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And Vanessa Law says, I love the Daleks master plan, even though most of it was missing. Yeah. Rips, rips, and rips along, and Digby Strawbridge mentions Power of the Daleks as an excellent six part. So that's, that's a story that's really coming to its own in appreciation over the last few years is it through the mm. animations and various other things i think it's myth a sort of built around it rather and mm. uh, Salako adds that some six parters could uh, could do with having been trimmed down to four like the armageddon factor the ch the chase no no <laughs> I, I can't believe what i'm reading here jt <laughs> Are you all right there? Do you need, do you need a drink? The chase leads in very nicely, I think, to what has to be our main story going into the going into this live stream. Because yeah, we have had two days ago, there was a major, a major revelation from the BBC in Doctor Who terms, which doesn't take much in 2021, really. They they do sort of drip out bits and bobs more so. So yeah, Comic Con 2021 kicked off. Over the weekend, I think it started on Friday and it ran through till Sunday, may even run into Monday. As uh, as was, as was traditional, people would pack out a hall like the hall you see behind me now, didn't they? Hundreds of people in these cavernous spaces celebrating 
all of the biggest in geek culture. So mainly franchises, all those big movies, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies, the big TV shows and the big franchises such as Star Trek and Doctor Who up until up until recent times would get that spotlight on that stage taking questions from the audience. But they can't do that at the moment, can they? Because of the pandemic. They did put out a panel called Comic Con at Home. I think they did this last year too. <laughs> But it was a sort of it was a makeshift thing. But this year they were able to deliver something that was a little bit of a halfway house as Comic Con. Oh, isn't that isn't that sweet? Yeah, I, it's I agree. So, cute. so yeah, when they they said there was going to be a Doctor Who panel, they started putting out this graphic here to remind us oh, that Jodie Whittaker was going to be there along with Mandy Gill, John Bishop, and the World's Worst Show, and Chris Chibnall, and a very special surprise guest, and this really subtle graphic, everybody. I've not seen that actually. That graphic <laughs> passed me by. <laughs> Just it gets worse. Oh. It gets worse with rainbows yet. We've not got to the trailer. Oh, I like a rainbow. Rainbows are good, yeah. <laughs> it did it believe it or not, they can get even more on the nose. Even more on the nose than that. So yeah, that was uh, 6 p.m. our time, 25th of July 2021. That was this Sunday just gone. And yes, it was the big Comic Con panel. And I think that for people outside of the UK who don't really know him to to them the name john bishop doesn't really mean anything but to us john bishop is a stand-up comedian isn't he with i think he's been selling out dates up and down the country for around 10 years now jt very popular isn't he um yeah he is he's 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 popular he's been around a lot um what can i say this is one of his first goes at acting he's not he's not peter k popular but oh no, is... God, Peter K is huge. I mean, Peter K but doesn't he... need to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously, this was this was the first chance that a lot of people, international audiences, had to to meet. To meet, why have I got ah? There we are. <laughs> <laughs> to meet JT, I've got to meet to meet. Yeah, 150 John quid, Charlotte each, <laughs> and they confirmed, and they confirmed that John Bishop's character would be named Dan Lewis in the upcoming season. That. Is all they really let on now? Do you know, um, this... John Bishop was on um, uh, Graham Norton and with some American, huge American stars, and they didn't understand the word he was saying. Oh, you know, really? They don't understand how the Americans going to understand if they don't change his accent, if they don't tell him to slow down, the Americans are going to be very puzzled. What this guy, well, the is character saying. is from Liverpool, isn't it? Mega yeah. Geeky, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we know very, very little about this character going forward, but there was a little bit of, of the publicity blurb here, which I'm going to read out now. It says, as he becomes embroiled in adventure, uh, Dan will quickly learn there's more to the universe, but they've put universes, than he could ever believe. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that got us all thinking, because let's be honest, a great many of us are, are not. I mean, I'm no fan of the, of the current era. JT, you're certainly not. Ian, it's sort of it's worn you down a little bit. Hasn't it? Where do you stand? I was just, oh, well, I was going to say, where do you stand with it, Charlotte? For the people who may not know, you know, we've not been we've not been big fans. But usually, when they bring in a new character into something like this, it does refresh things, doesn't it? It does give it potentially a new energy. But I was wondering, you know, we've we've had this panel, and when I was when I was watching this this panel on this uh, from Comic Con over the weekend, to me, I think John Bishop stood out as being yeah. the most, uh, uh, the keenest and the warmest presence. So 
He was the one who was the most engaging. He was the one who was the most entertaining. He was the one who was grinning from, from ear to ear, and it felt genuine. So if this is the first instance of him really meeting the Doctor Who fans, Charlotte, how, how do you think he managed? I, I think he stole the show, and I had a feeling before the panel he was going to be the one entertaining factor. Because think about his job. He's a stand-up comedian. He has to have the patter. He has to interact with people. If you can't do that as a comedian, you can't do your job. Whereas Jodie's an actress. Manip's technically an actress. So it's like... <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Well, we learned, we learned she didn't have to audition. So it was like, okay. Oh. Um, yeah, that was a new nugget we got on this panel, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. There was no audition process for, for her the, to play, yes. But the moment mm. I really actually thought, wow, with John was he was talking about being in the TARDIS for the first time. And mm. this is a guy who's not like a known Doctor Who fan. He's not no, like a known figure. And he was so enthusiastic. And he was so, like, happy. And he was saying how much of an honour it was. And I just thought, when has Whitaker ever said any of those words? When has Whitaker ever shown any excitement? Meow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean. And although she's she was sort of she turned it on, she she was flashing the teeth and she was doing the starry thing. It doesn't come across. I've never met the woman. She might this is the disclaimer that I've always got to give. I've never met the woman. She may be lovely, but there's a there's a, a lack of sincerity there, I think, and a lack of genuine warmth that, well, it, that you got you got with John Bishop because he's used to work in a crowd as well, do you think, Charlotte? Yeah, but like I said, it's more a genuine warmth towards Doctor Who. That's what I got from him, from mm -hmm. him talking about being on the TARDIS. Because he, he was saying it's like this really iconic thing. He was saying it's amazing once you get on there. And like when Joe speaks, a lot of it is not to do with that. It's to do with, oh, I'm going to little girls and all this and all the politics. <laughs> yeah, she never really switches, turns the ideology down, does she? No, no. I just want to say hello to Simon Horton. Watching in the chat at the moment. Sorry, I can't be there, folks. Miss you all. We miss you too. We hope you've enjoyed your break. Simon's been away on holiday, keeping out of uh, keeping out of mischief. I hope, or not, not very likely. Yeah, we've got a little quote here from John Bishop, who said that I have had an amazing nine months making this, and still more to come because they are still filming this. This is the first official official picture of my character Dan with Yaz and the Doctor. Jody and Mandy have been brilliant, he says. And as has everyone on the show. So I hope you like it when it's out in the autumn. And they did release this first. <laughs> Nobody's picture. obviously told them about the previous two series they've done. <laughs> well, they do. I suppose they do make a show like this. They kind of make it in a in a bubble at the best of times, don't they? Even when there's not a yeah. pandemic because of the massive amount of secrecy. And because, as you say, Charlotte, he was no fan. This is He's a very, very busy professional entertainer. Working most evenings, I would imagine maybe even two shows on a Sunday. So it's quite likely that he's that he has that chance to catch this era, really. Ian, this, what do you think? What do I think of what of the panel? Of the yeah, well, of, of John yeah. Bishop and what, you, what do you think he's going well, to bring to the show? Well, John Bishop is he's not going to bring much to the show. He's going to be John Bishop, isn't he? Because yeah. um, this Doctor Who era, and I haven't seen much. I saw the first season, and that was enough for me. But what I've noticed is that the direction in the show, the first season, is non-existent. 
Um, yeah. They seem to all rely on what people can bring to the table rather than um, showing, uh, putting them in the right direction of a character. So John Bishop's going to be playing John Bishop. Mandy Gill's going to be playing a plank as always. And Jody Jody's going to be, you know, Jody basically, the, the children entertainer. So um, I don't, uh, this panel, when I watched the panel, I watched all of it, mind you, I was working at the time, so I was listening mostly. It just came across as really insincere. Insincere it was. It didn't didn't feel like they meant anything they said. They didn't give anything away. They're talking about monsters. They're talking about this is one long story, you know, that obviously going to yeah. end in cliffhangers and stuff like that. And you know, and they showed us a trailer that didn't show us anything, and the trailer was was lackluster. Mm. You know, mm. and what can I say? You know, it's um, this show. I really lost interest in it. This, well, this, we've got well, millions of us have Ian, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From my but, my yeah. perspective of it is that when they they're bringing some in somebody like John Bishop, they're doing exactly the same as they did with with Bradley Walsh. Bradley they Walsh. are main they are mainlining his mm. popularity that he will bring with him that audience who like him. In See, that's, thing, I find that sad, do, Dan. I find it is it very really sad. sad. It says to that, me that yeah. Chris Chibnall hasn't got confidence in the characters that he well, is there to build through script. If you just listen to the way he spoke, right? He he knows nothing about nothing. It's so obvious that he doesn't really know about Doctor Who, because when you have interviews with with Moffat and um and uh, and the other showrunners, they were all talking. They were all like, "Yes, you know, we're going to do this with Doctor Who." They all got involved in in the Comic Con. They all were speaking. They were all, you know, it was like you know synergy. But with this, he must have said what maybe five sentences. Oh, that many! Whole, wow, and the Playing. whole of the whole. Uh, thing and I was like, Playing why isn't he advocate. speaking more? Why isn't he talking more? Playing devil's he... advocate, they yeah. haven't got the they haven't got the live audience to play off in this scenario. They are in a, in a little theatre somewhere, being asked questions by somebody else coming through a, an internet link. But I I know exactly what you mean. And the fact I was just thinking with what you were saying there, Charlotte, about the fact that Mandip didn't have to audition. John Bishop is not going to ha have had to audition. To play John Bishop, as you don't no. audition somebody to play. So that's two people who never really auditioned. Apparently, Jodie Whittaker did do an audition, JT. I don't know if you ever remember hearing that story about her. She did some sort of audition, again, over the internet. This is pre-pandemic as well for Piers Wenger, where she had to – she used bits of an old mobile phone, and an old iPhone, to make out that she was a – Inventing yeah. something, yeah. but that was about the limit of it. It was a formality, I always think. So we've got it, three it, actors here who haven't had to audition. <laughs> it wasn't an audition; it was a screen test. And the only oh. thing for that is, of course, that um, uh, apparently there were other actresses in the frame, but it was always Whitaker. We we know that Chibnall has said that he wanted Whitaker, but he did have, as you would normally do, a couple of reserves. So I, as from what I understand, the thing she did to uh, give to Piers Wenger is so that he could give it the tick box exercise of, yes, that's okay, because it's his channel, he's the commission editor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's more or less standard. C Capaldi did something around at Moffat's house, if you remember, on camera yes. um, one evening. So it's the same sort of thing, so that the, the big wig at the BBC can say, I sign that off. It's not an audition. Yeah, but the thing is with Chibnall, he just looked like he wanted to run out of that theatre like, at any second. Yeah, he just—he was, he was very like, he was, he awkward, was wasn't he? His hands yeah. were like twiddling. It was just like, mate, you can't be a marketer. Like, as part of a showrunner, <laughs> you almost need to be a showman. That's the better word, actually. You need to be a showman. 
He's not. And he's, he's not. Yeah. And he, he isn't, though. I mean, the man is a charisma void, and he's very, very awkward. Uh, you put him on a stage as well with, with three people. I'm going to be really generous here. Three people who are trained performers. He looks like what he is, an, an awkward, geeky little writer who spends most of his time shut away in his room banging out words. And I'm not going to judge anybody for that because a, a writer's life is a writer's life, and a great many people would love that, that job, and it's definitely a craft, and I respect it enormously. But on the other hand, when somebody comes to this stage, to this forum, and they look so uncomfortable, and more to the point, no matter how much he tells me that he's proud of this product, somehow, Ian, I don't believe him. Why is that? Because he's talking crap, and he knows he knows they all they all the the people that are sitting there, apart from John Bishop, I, I doubt if John Bishop knows anything about this. All of them know the show is failing. Has failed. Has failed. Has failed. It has absolutely critically and commercially failed. Yeah. And he comes across as somebody who is uh, who is. Well, you know, his... John Bishop just wants money, just like everybody else. The reason why, oh, um, the reason why Kevin Smith did uh, the Master Universe because he needed the money, <gasps> and the reason why John Bishop is doing this because he needs the money. They don't want to go against the establishment and 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 you know lose a wage or a job or whatever. So so they're never going to talk about the elephant in the room ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah. So this is this is what this is what this is um this is the thing that this is the one thing they won't talk about in public, right? And and this kind of, I actually felt disgusted watching this, especially the presenter who was bigging it all up. And we all know there's a problem with this show, but yet no one wants to talk about it. Which, which you know, I'm fed up with it all, you know? Well, well she, they were soft, but they were very, very soft questions. In fact, I'm not even sure I'd call them questions, JT. They it was, weren't. It was, it was a puff piece. It was just chit-chat, mm, really. Right. Well, I, I didn't watch this, obviously, because I've got no interest at all. I have watched the uh, trailer because of you. I'm watching the show. So, Facebook, oh, thank, as I watch this you. pile of shit for you lot, um, <laughs> so we could discuss it on this show. But I haven't watched this panel. But the thing is, as well, you know, this is why we're popular. This is why YouTubers are popular, because we are talking about it. They are aware about it. It's just not going through the official channels, because they have to always present these things, as you know, Mega Geeky, in, in the right way. When it comes to Chibnall, Chibnall has never ever been a great communicator. Um, he's never really, in my humble opinion, liked the fan base, not since the open air fiasco when a lot of us turned on him, to be honest, even back then. I do personally think this whole thing with Doctor Who is his ultimate revenge at all of us. I'm gonna kill That's it, so I'm gonna kill the show you love. But I mean, look at the magazine, when Russell and Moffat were there, they would do something with the magazine um, yeah. more or less every single month, which were production notes. When mm. Chibnall comes along, that stops because he can't communicate to a fan base that I think he doesn't like or respect. I think he resents. Do you know what, I'd really want to know, seriously, I want to know whether we are in an echo chamber, whether we are the lesser of of um we're not of the fans i just i <laughs> know but i want to see a fact we're i want not. to see it i think we ultimately. i think we were initially or yes e even maybe up until up until a, up until the end of series 11 we were i'd say people who feel as we do made up around a third of the doctor who fan base mm. a, a third yeah just about a third but something happened with series 12 and it before the beginning of series 12 as well i'd say by 
Once Spy 4, that two-parter that kicked it off had started, something happened around that time, and Orphan 55 in particular meant a lot of people. It's as if they were all out of second chances to give this version of the show. So I think the tide has definitely turned, and I would now say it's more than 50% of the fan base. Now oh, a lot more. Versions yeah. of what we feel. They either reject it entirely, yeah. Charlotte, or... Yeah. Or we're on board initially and feel that it's been a massive missed opportunity. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of fans who came to it for Jodie Whittaker and liked it at first that feel let let down now. Charlotte, what's your take on that? Yeah, because let's think about it. Jodie Whittaker is like her doctor <coughs> is the least interesting bit to Chibnall of his run. He's had a fugitive doctor. He's had Gallifrey be destroyed. He's had the okay. timeless children. Like it's like Jodie's doctor is bottom of the pile because she doesn't get developed. She doesn't get arcs. Everything else canon-wise almost is more important to Chibnall. And I think that's why even the fans who came with Jodie are seeing that. They're seeing yeah. the lack of interest in their own Doctor. I, very much so. I I was uh, I interviewed a guy. I'm not going to name him because he's he's known in Doctor Who circles. He's a lovely guy, and I interviewed him a little while ago for the podcast. And we were talking about this era, and he is on board with the majority of it. But he was very frustrated about the fugitive Doctor and the fact that they've created this character, brought her to the screen, given her this this showcase, and and what could be, what should be, a pivotal part. In the in the law, if they are really going to push outward like this, you know, th this whole timeless children business, but ultimately it doesn't look like they're going to do anything with her, and that and this this person feels that the casting of the character was total. Well, thank token, God, that's token, what I can say. Was total. Well, what, what, but why? Well, I want to ask you about. Well, I wanted to ask yeah. you put you about this scene because I know you've got a lot of mm. thoughts about this. This this person feels that it was just pure tokenization, and of so their. Their perspective of Chris Chibnall like switched really radically from being someone who was completely on board and trusting of that writer to be, oh, this man is tokenizing uh, ethnic minorities. Uh, is that accurate? Well, of course it's accurate. The whole of Hollywood is doing that. They're giving mm. black people hand-me-downs for characters. Mm. They're not creating new black characters so that uh -huh. they can create their own history. They're mm. taking white characters and turning them black. And the black people who, you know, who have brains, they know it's a hand-me-down character. Of course, you can't blame actors for taking the parts because it's money no, no. and they're moving forward and stuff like that. So I don't blame them, but I do play, blame the infrastructure of the whole of the system now. So this is what's happening. You can deny it if you want. You can like it if you want. I can only speak for myself where I, I think this is a horrible president. I think this is a cult and I think this is dangerous right across I, the board. I, I agree with you, Ian, completely. But I, I have to say as well that the same thing happens with women. Yeah. Right. It, it's, ju it's just virtue signaling, tick boxing, and it's all done in the name of diversity. And it's not diverse at all. It's just actually doing it because you feel that that's the right thing to do. It, yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's a good yeah, point. Right. Whereas... And then the problem is if you're hmm. a woman who do, does not like this era, like me, like Starry, like others in our community, if we speak out, we get attacked. Because oh, yeah. Because yeah. it was meant to be for us, this era. And it's like, no, you, you wanted the protection of a female doctor. You didn't act, this is my point with Chibnall. He yes, wanted so the protection, protection for his product. of the female doctor. He doesn't want to develop her. He doesn't want to no. give her anything to actually yeah. do. 
I still think Jody wouldn't be good if you gave us anything. But at the end of the day, he should be at least trying to yeah. develop her Because doctor. she's not right for the part, quite clearly not right for the part. Completely miscast. Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who is completely miscast. But somebody uh, who you know, isn't who isn't necessarily miscast is Joe Martin, who plays the No, the of course she's miscast. No, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily That think... character should not be there, Dan. It should not be there. Just well, like the I... War Doctor. The War Doctor let... should never have been there. We're going to go no, down another road there. We're going to go down another road This is how it started, okay? The War yep. Doctor should not have existed at all, right? The, dis the destruction of the, uh, what you call it, the origin of the Doctor should not have happened. No, right? I agree. I, no, I agree. And that's I agree. how it all started, I, Ian, I agree with you completely narrative wise you know i do but all i'm talking about is the is that that basic concept of casting an actor who is capable of reaching a part of embodying a part i believe you know me i would much rather i've always said publicly the doctor is a male part i didn't see any need to change the gender it's a total gimmick and they have royally fucked it up too mm. that that accepted I believe there are actresses out there who could reach the part potentially, yes, and, jo absolutely. and Joe Martin may be one of them. But because, as no. you were saying, Charlotte, oh. but because, as you were saying, Charlotte, she uh, there's no chance of any good material getting anywhere near that character to build it out to give her what she would need and no screen time. We're never going to know whether she was right for the role either. Sorry, Kelly. No. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, I think some of that is Joe is a lover of the show. If you see her talk, because she was doing promotion for Time Fracture, and she was talking about watching Tom Baker. Yeah. And I think you don't have to be a fan. And I agree, because I know you had this debate a couple of weeks ago. You don't have to be a fan to be a doctor. But you need to at least understand. And I think being a fan helps to understand the mm. character of the doctor. No, I see. I just... word it. I disagree with you, Charlotte, but I'm from a different era to you, and I'm older, because when Hartnell, Troughton, Pertwee, and mm. Baker got the role, they weren't Doctor Who fans. And look how huge and successful and brilliant they are, because they originated it. If you're an actor, a character actor as well, such as your Matt Smith, you can actually, if you have that talent, if you have that gravitas, you can create from nothing a character. And the Doctor is a character. Um, and the whole thing about that is, you know, um, like Matt Smith did, he he was aware of all these previous 10 people that had done it before. He went and did some work, but he's a character actor and he built his own thing. And and that's the, that's the thing about an actor. Um, and especially for the doctor, you can be aware of the 12 incumbents you've had before you. I will never include Whitaker, thank you. Um, and you can go back and look at them to assess that sort of doctorishness thing that runs through the 12 of them. But as your talent, you, should be able to put that together as a character without any real non you know without the real fan nonsense well, that we all have <laughs> like i said that, that, that's why i'd say maybe not a fan but understanding that's the word i'd use then because yeah, but if you're British, you should have that understanding. I mean, yeah. if you you were you were saying how um how what's his name the the new companion the comedian oh John Bishop sorry I've forgotten his name already that's age but John Bishop was so passionate because he understand it's a British icon it's a British television show he yeah, may he, he, he may not be a fan but he understands it there's the illustration he must know that this version of Doctor Who is not good he must know it right and the only conclusion I can come to why he's doing it is because it's the BBC he's getting money he's getting a bit uh, prestige and also it's, it won't it won't be won't it be great for his uh his tour 
when he's on Doctor <laughs> Who. It would be great for his yeah, tour, right? Yeah. So that's why he's doing it. But there's no way no one knows that Doctor Who has been woke up to the wazoo. There's no way no one knows. Oh, that. No, 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 that. No. What's it? No, say that again. What's it? What's it been done? Woked. woked. Woked up Woked. to the wazoo. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. There you go. Can we have that on a t-shirt, please? <laughs> yeah. T-shirts available. T-shirts coming up. The Mega yeah. Geek says, "Woked up to the wazoo." <laughs> and we'll all go to a convention wearing them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I would argue actually there was oh. a bit of an there was a bit of an acknowledgement because okay. they did not talk about the timeless children. Mm-hmm. Not, not a word, once. not a word, not a whisper. Really, yeah. not one thing about it. And, you see, what, what, what gets me about these things, though, is that you can't interact. They are always pre-recorded. They are yeah. always closed off. You cannot leave comments for the reason is because they know, even yeah. if the actors may not, but Chibnall knows there will be questions or there will be comments that he doesn't want to see or acknowledge. But, yeah, yeah. I, I want to make this clear, right, totally clear yes. to everyone that's listening, right? I have no problem with this show now. It is not for me, right? Mm. I keep saying this. It is for those new people that want this Doctor Who. And I say, God bless them, right? There isn't many. If you ask my opinion, (laughs) if you ask my opinion, I will tell you my opinion without a shadow of a doubt. I'll tell you my And this is my opinion. This should never have happened. But we've had this this discussion before. We've actually established that the new audience Chibnall wanted by booting us all out and saying, oh, I'm going to go for the the liberals that are around, the younger liberals. They didn't come. Yes, you've got some of the Blue Hair Brint's Brigade, but they're not staying with the show. They arrived, trumpeted the arrival of a female, then buggered off. We know that's failed. We know that audience is there. It's bringing in under 4 million, which is... Awful. I guarantee. I guarantee. Well, I'm not going to guarantee, but I'm going to. I'm going to uh, predict now. The next series will get th- on three. And JT, we have the only figures that we have got of indication of interest at the moment are the fact that the trailer that was premiered on this panel launched on YouTube as well, obviously, the same evening. And you may be interested to know the people out there who collate and collect all these stats and make all these comparisons and hold on to data. They have put the the screenshots together. And within a, I think it was an 18-hour period after the premiere of the trailer to Series 13, it had got half the amount of views that the that the trailer to Series 12 got within within uh, the same amount the of same period of yeah. that dropping onto YouTube too. So okay, it's only one platform, but YouTube it's, is a big platform. It's the yeah, biggest it's, platform, it's, and if that's any indicator, then half the interest over the same period Absolutely. of time, cannot be good. So we got the trailer. This was the graphic that we got with the trailer. Somebody said to oh, it's just... It's very you know, subtle. I said, listen, <laughs> Dan, I said Dan, I'm actually just I'd looking... Go. I'm just... I'm, sorry, before we go that, I'm just, just go back to your point there about the trailer. I'm just looking at it right now. Yes. It's still only on 333,000 views. Yeah, that's... It's not much, because wow. the, 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 the last one they no did was uh, in the four... Uh, 400 so um yeah. it, it's nothing is it but now, i was when... about to say right this this thing that's happening with all the pop culture tv shows and books mm. and everything it's very yes. very dangerous <sighs> right it's um look we we're talking about doctor who doctor who is, is, is a tv show yes god bless it and all that right but the problem is bigger than doctor who it's very mm. dangerous what these people are doing and and <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be dead before it actually kicks off. That's all I can say. Well, you, well you're not, because um, it is showing what's happening now in certain quarters. I mean, there yeah. are governments who are woke, yeah. who are bringing this all in. I'm in Scotland. I'm very concerned. There are other issues that are coming up. 
Um, that, I mean, there, there, there is segregation coming in absolutely everywhere, and everybody's doing this under the um, under the bracket of diversity and mm. all this sort of stuff. And it's not; it's absolute segregation. We've got a college that's being routed in England to be yeah. black only. We've got uh, differences yeah, over. I, of, I mean, too. it's everywhere. It's ab it's absolutely everywhere. You know, oh man, we are living through it now. This is starting now. I, I'm scared, right? Because um, yeah. uh, my, my my nieces came to stay with me. Just bear with me, Dan. <laughs> and yeah. um, I had we were talking about um, we were talking about uh, what's that film with the, the with the what is it uh, uh, with Emma Stone with Emma Stone the Walt Disney film with Emma Stone. Oh, Cruella, Cruella, right? We're talking about Cruella, and I was yeah. saying I, I don't want to see a film about a woman that actually kills loads of dogs to make a fur coat. And she was going on about, well, you know, it was the infrastructure that turned it. She's not evil, really, and stuff like that. I was like, this is what yes, they teach is. you in school. Yeah, this <laughs> is what yeah, they teach you. Yeah. I tell you something. No I bet sense. if you watch, I bet if you watch that film, the reason that she's evil, it's, it's it was probably some bloke's pro, uh, well, yeah. some bloke fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I just while while I remember, <laughs> it'd, be a like, white, it'd be a straight white man's fault somehow. They do say <laughs> that if if a tree falls in the forest, which straight white man did it? <laughs> um, <would> you... <laughs> it was JT. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, on. I don't tick one of those particular boxes, so I'm fine. <laughs> moving on, everybody. <laughs> I, we were talking a little bit about echo chambers, and yes, we we may be all be similar minded on the panel today. I have actually sent out the invitation because we are looking to expand Type Forty Live because this is a community. We are not an army. We're not allies. We are friends of the Doctor Who community is traditionally made up of friends who can have these discussions and have these disagreements. And yeah, maybe even things could get a bit volatile sometimes, but that's all part of the fun. You know, you pull on your helmet, you go out to the battlefield, and then everybody comes back and goes for a drink. That was that's traditionally right. what fandom was all about. That's what made it tick. That was the community that certainly three of us here grew up in. And there is no reason why it has to die. There's no reason why it has to be left in the past. We can bring it back. So yes, I'd have sent out a couple of invitations to one guy in particular he was very keen to come on but i think his work pattern may mean it's not possible i'm hoping if he doesn't turn up today he will at a later date because he's rather a fan of the era but like us he's also got his frustrations too if that describes you and you're a content maker a podcaster or a youtuber consider this open forum to come and chat to us if you think we've got it all wrong we've got our heads up our you know what? Come and tell us. Come and talk to us about it. Come and have a few laughs here on, on Type 40 Live on the Facebook. We are genuinely interested. I was going to mention Mandeep Gill, but yeah, nobody else did, so why should I? <laughs> let's, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the, about the trailer. This is the trailer they put out with this graphic, the most on-the-nose graphic you could possibly imagine. Uh, we've got a few snippets of Series 13. JT, you actually watched it. Mm. For me, this all looks... Far too long. It was far, far too long at 49 seconds. But for me, uh, this trailer, as somebody who has watched the two preceding seasons, all those clips that made up that trailer could have just as easily have been snipped out from episodes that we have already seen. There is no, oh. nothing new here to, here to see that, that I can make out. Charlotte, am I being harsh there? You've watched them too. Oh, yeah. No, I think... They were scared to put anything of substance in. That's okay. the whole vibe I got from the panel. They were scared to death to spoil. And I think the trailer, and here's my little theory, why I think it was so, it seemed to be very random clips to me that just randomly they put together. Mm. And I think maybe they did that because we do know from the panel 
that series 13 is one continuous story. Yes. And I think they they thought if we put too many clips that sync, we're going to spoil some of this continuous oh, story. I doubt that. Yeah, so let's get into that then. Serialised story. This was the big revelation of the panel, wasn't it? Such as it was. This is the only thing that Chris Chibnall really said of any consequence. So, yeah, they are going with one serialised story. It's going to be one story over all of the episodes in this block rather than the traditional self-contained episodes. And this is a direct quote from Mr Chibnall. Now, he said when he was actually on stage... Let's get him up. Yes, he said that the big thing we're going to be doing this year is that it's all one story. Every episode is a chapter in a bigger story. So we've changed the shape of the series for this year. And I think the challenges of getting the show up and running, you could have gone one of two ways. You could have, you, uh, we were just going to, uh, let's go. You could go, we're just going to do lots and lots of tiny episodes in one room with no monsters. Or we can throw down the gauntlet and say we're going to do the biggest story we've ever done. Oh, Chris, don't say things like that because that is something you cannot possibly guarantee on delivering. And the more the more you raise people's expectations, the harder it is to deliver on them. Raise expectations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he did. He, you know, they had. So that's oh, the thing. We're getting this. Dear. We're getting this one overarching story. Now the thing is, although eight episodes are being made, have been commissioned, and are to be delivered. As we've been saying on this show now for months, I think people people have started talking about it now, but we've been saying it on Type 14 Live for months. Subscribe now, you don't want to miss any more. That there are eight episodes being filmed, but only six are going to be part of this run. The remaining two are going to be held over. We're going to get one as the New New Year's Day special and another one sometime probably late in 2022, which will be the final episode to star Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Hooray! We've been been saying that on Type 40 Live for months. I see no reason to change that tune now. So, yeah, is this overarching story going to run over just the six or over all eight? In which case, people could have to wait the best part of 18 months to see how the story concludes, JT. But as classic fans... We know that this sort of serialized storytelling, you know, it's been it's been tried before, hasn't it? And it's been tried when the show has been in trouble. So Well, no, all... no, because the key to time was not a, a time when the show was in trouble. And the key to time is genius. I can watch ah. the whole of the key to time in a week quite happily. And let's just mention Mary, who uh, his anniversary was this week. Uh, lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah, um, yeah. Mary Tan. Yep. Uh, Trial of the Time Lord. We all know the story there. What gets me about this, which makes it laughable, is again, Chibnall, sweetheart, darling, you're in total ignorance here. If you are a member of the British public, which the four of us are, many, many of the, the space bookers watching are, we are not watching your show. So you're coming along now and you're going to expect a member of the British public to watch this sh- show every week <laughs> for God knows how many weeks. Uh, eight weeks or whatever, six weeks. Now, what if you are a member of the viewing British public and you tune into Doctor Who on a Saturday or Sunday or wherever they're going to put it now to try and boost the figures, and it's episode five of a continuing story, you're going to switch off because you won't know what's gone before and you won't, quite frankly, give a damn. What an idiot. You should have stuck 
in your failing show to the individual story so that you could try and at least grab the, the people that might tune in by mistake <laughs> to show their interest. <laughs> but it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work because they're gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna stick with this thing. This is the most unpopular version of the show in the show's history. The British public have said we're sick of this nonsense. Reject, reject, reject. It's it's not gonna work. I don't Lecture think it's over. gonna work either. I agree. I don't I, agree. I don't think I agree it's gonna with JT. work either. There is some excitement oh, out there you. about there is some excitement out there about this, Charlotte, as you from the from the usual people really who are completely on board. I don't think this is going to work at all. Yeah, you know, I understand why people fall for hype, for hyperbole, mm. and for big smiles on stages. But my instinct is exactly the same as yours, JT. I think the only way this could possibly work is it would be if they were to strip it across a week, the way they did with Torchwood, Children of Earth. And we still get event shows like that sometimes now. ITV ran one around Easter time, didn't they, starring No Clock? And that did really, really well in the ratings. I think that cancel, may cancel. have... That they may have been able to uh, make this... made this serialized no. storyline work... Over um, a week, May. But I, I understand over, what you're saying, uh, and it would have been over six yeah. Saturdays. It, yes, they are going to fall into the exact yeah. pitfall that you talked about. I understand what you're saying there about following the Children of Earth type model, and that was huge. But that's when the show was popular. Yeah. It's not popular. It's very difficult to talk to a certain yes, fan element of the fan base about this. But it, it, we know this. We've discussed about this. The, the ratings are down. The merchandise is going down the toilet every single day, as we saw at the top of the show. Please. You know, um, all this not... Even if you put it on at, say, you know, six o'clock every single night, the BBC has just lost in 18 months one million license fee households. That's automatically going to bring down the viewing figure on Doctor Who. As I said the other week, EastEnders is getting just over 2 million for its episodes. Go figure. Even if it was on every single day, I don't think the public would watch. And it has lost all of us as fans as well. The, the fan base now is... We're around, but we're not following the show. And the ones that do are very small. If yeah. I can't wait to see the... I can't wait to see the figure, Charlotte. Yeah, and also, you've got the popularity issue. And the elephant in the room... This is Chibnall writing this. This is the showrunner who randomly decided halfway yeah. through my second season, I'm going to give a companion mental health problems when he hadn't yeah. signposted it. <laughs> Never mentioned it before. This is or since. Show... Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is the showrunner who had, well, he, he had the 13th Doctor see Gallifrey destroyed in Spyfall, that opening episode. And then she's happy. She's laughing. She's, how, how did y'all say it? She's in a bit of a mood. Yeah. She's just seen yeah. a whole planet destroyed. Oh, God, I'd rather watch Play School. Oh, you won't remember that, Charlotte. Yeah. I, I do. do. <laughs> yeah. That's my point. He can't do long-form development to save his life, and now he's doing a whole series that's going to heavily depend on it. Before, well, as you can tell, everybody, we our hopes have not been raised by this at all. No. A largely inconsequential trailer. A puff piece of a panel in a difficult time, but they could have made it a little bit more lively. And uh, this graphic, of course, the people out there got quite excited about this. And there was speculation for well over a week about that bottom line, that little line there underneath John Bishop where it says, with Chris Chibnall and a very special surprise guest. Now, oh, yeah. Let's go, let's go back on that a little and, and I'll clear my throat. <clears throat> was it a Brad Pitt? Very... A special, <laughs> a very special surprise guest. 
Now, they must have known what they were doing when they said Dame that. Dame Judy the Dench. Fandom, the fandom. <laughs> oh, if only. Oh, bless her. No, she oh. would not touch this show with anybody's. It's so, Can you imagine? No. So what do you think happened? The fandom latched onto that, and their imaginations oh, no, went no. into overdrive, yes. didn't, it, didn't it, Charlotte? Who was it going to be? And we joined in. Yeah, is it David Tennant? Was it Zippy? Joe Martin. Is it, is it Tom Baker? People out there were Tom Baker. thought that it may be Tom Baker. Why, why would it be Tom? I, I said, in jest to somebody last week on another show, I said, well, here's what I'd do. I would go through, scroll through the list of the cast members of Broadchurch, work out, <laughs> work out, yeah. work out who hadn't been on yet, and it will be them. And I was, I was completely David Bradley. Everybody. Now I'm smart, but I'm not that smart. But it turns out that I was exactly right. Oh, and who was it? The the very special surprise guest. Who's that? Out to be this guy. Correct. This is this is who's this? Who, and who and is, what, what what was he playing in Broadchurch? I don't remember him. Charlotte, tell JT who this is. Who's this, Charlotte? Uh, he's a Captain Jack replacement. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Oh yeah, this really? this is the actor. This is the <laughs> this is the actor and singer Jacob Anderson. He was introduced on the panel in a a uh, self-recorded <laughs> video from his own home. He was all smiles and, you know, God bless him. He looked like he'd had the time of his life. He was really pleased what? to be there. And he it was hard not to feel glad for this guy that he'd got a job on a show that he loved when he was a kid. That's just got a job. Just well got a done. job, ended there. <laughs> well done. Well done, Jacob. Yeah, he got a job during a pandemic. Well done, Jacob. I'm glad you enjoyed it. But as you say, Charlotte, oh, it does on. look like this character has been parachuted in to the show to make up for the absence of, of uh, John Barrowman's Captain Jack, who we we strongly believe was a big feature of this series because there's a bloody tie-in comic from Titan Comics starring Captain Jack that was supposed to weave into this story. So are, are, are you telling me this is a new companion? Yeah, well, that's it's what a, we suspect. It's a new character. It's a that's new what character, we suspect. JT. So the comic oh. has been shelved. So John Barrowman, the Captain Jack comic has been shelved. We believe the reason why it's still filming is because they've had to do some reshoots on this and create yes. this character for Jacob. That is, that, is that what you think as well then, Charlotte? Well, yeah, I think to be and like to be positive, he was lovely, his little bit he filmed. He was, Once yeah, again, really nice guy. He talked about like watching David Tennant when he was a teenager saying, I don't want to go. Oh, shut, shut up, up. Well, no, teenager. Oh, go away. You well, no. <laughs> no, but, glass, yeah. glass of water, glass of water for JT, please. Glass no, water. glass of water stronger. I'm used to it. Um, no, but so that was lovely because he was yeah. really enthusiastic. And once again, it was like John. I actually bought his enthusiasm. Oh. Maybe I'm getting soft. Sorry, um, <laughs> but basically, his description. He's like a gun-toting sort of action hero. Is the way they described him. Captain Jack. So mm. Captain Jack, he's even Jack. got a ship. He's even That's got right. his own ship. So it's and he's got like, dreads. Oh. And has he's he got, got dreads? Is that, is that is that the squareness gun? It looks. It, like I was going to ask like you that because it. it looks like the the squareness gun. He'll be having um a time thingy on his wrist next. I tell you, yeah. is he a time agent? My we don't know. I bet you now he is. I'll bet oh, you an Easter egg. Yes. Yeah. The character's name is Vinda. Vinda. Uh, which, uh, yeah, whatever. Vinda. Uh, and Vinda. yeah, I mean, 
talented <laughs> when i see talented people when i see enthusiastic talented people casting the show as it is now you know what i think what a waste what yeah. it's just pity that you know it's a pity they couldn't have been cast in a few years time maybe this guy would get something interesting to do something that he could really play with and expand on rather than what we believe could be a hand-me-down part uh, there's not really a great deal we can say about it. We haven't seen him in the role. Ian, do you remember this guy? He played a Grey Worm in Game of Thrones. Another a great I, I'm, character. I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones, but um, I hope they don't kill this guy oh. off or he doesn't get injured because uh, uh, in Doctor Who, especially Jodie Run, all the black people in the Jodie Run either are stupid or get killed or, you know what I mean? So I'm hoping this, or, you know, Prime example was uh, what's his name? The guy that was sucking his thumb. I can't remember his name. What's his oh, name? Oh, Ryan. 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 What a what a, what a what a prank and an idiot that guy Did was. Did he audition? You know what I mean, who knows? <laughs> who cares? It, let's face it. It's doubtful on the strength of but, evidence uh, that we've got. This is another thing that people don't notice that that BBC, especially this era of Doctor Who, treated black people like shit. They did. Go and look at the history on the. Well, I only saw the first season, and I've been told about the other seasons, but I saw the last one. Which was the yeah. Christmas one, and the poor black guy driving the truck—he got killed. Ma <laughs> Mega so, geeky, I'm not watching any more of this stuff. I watched the 49-second trailer. That was more than enough for me, <laughs> thank you. God, so, yeah, I wouldn't I be think... surprised if this guy gets done for or something. Or he's a bad. <laughs> oh, or almost certainly, know. almost certainly. Yeah. That starry-eyed girl watching in the chat, as Sarah, she couldn't make it today either, unfortunately. But she is here spiritually, and she Hi. she says. I shan't be watching series 13 apart from the episode where Jody gets killed and regenerates. And yeah, and we have got, we're waiting to see if we can get a discount on the party poppers for that episode. So stick with us. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a code that you'll be able to enter in and get a percentage <laughs> off. I'm still working on that. Just stick with me. So yeah, I yeah. think that, I think we have to leave that subject there for now. Uh, the panel, you know, it's, you know, it was 40 minutes of your life. You're never going to get back. Wasn't it? it? It was pretty much what we were expecting. Fairly harmless, nothing to frighten the horses, which really says a lot about Doctor Who on TV in 2021. Uh, the trailer, there'll likely be a proper trailer coming in a few weeks' time. I don't oh, think that I'll was the proper tra trailer. That was, was the, that was the teaser. That was the teaser. Mm. Yeah, if you put that onto BBC One, you're going to lose even more viewers because it reminded me of the opening titles <laughs> to Rainbow. High above the streets and houses, rainbow <laughs> climbing high. Because all the rainbows came up in that drama. And it, I just thought, oh, I hope bloody Thames Television sue the hell out of you. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Ah, uh, mm. yes, we are close to that point where we take a little bit of a break. So let's have a look and see what's going Good, on. In the I need to go for a pee. Yes. Yeah. Lots of other people aren't. Jason Scott, Series 13. Hi, Every bit as abysmal as 12. You could find the best supporting actors to star in the show at this point. But as long as Chibnall and Whitaker on board, it's it'll be a waste. Absolutely. I completely agree with Jason can Scott. I, can can, for joining us can I say to that to Jason, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, Jason, but in your picture there, you're looking very masterly. He is. He <laughs> looks like the master there. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's, that, that's what I don't get about this panel. Like, if you look online... I keep yeah. seeing I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. I'm fed up. I'm not watching it. So they need to basically kick the audience back into watching this mm -hmm. program. They need to make a big splash. They need to do something that really gets excitement going. Yeah. Recast, yeah. recast, redo the production team. That's what's going to get the excitement going. Yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless some guy with dreadlocks so we can kill him off or make him a baddie. Yeah. No, but that's that's well, the big I... thing they presented to us, right? Yeah, but that, that's my point. This was the chance to get the public's imagination. I know it was never going to happen, but no. this is the chance <laughs> to do it. 
And what did they do? They gave us a trailer with no monsters, with no real action pieces in it. Even yeah, we know some of the monsters already. He flies. Jody flies. Yeah. Jody flies yeah. Mandy. Do you know, Charlotte, some of the trailers, do you remember at the end of the Russell T. Davis uh, era, especially on the Christmas Day episode, you would get a trailer for the next series, which was happening in a few months' time. They were more impactful, I thought, right. than that thing that they put on Comic-Con, because you, you, there were bang, 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 excitement, excitement, energy, energy, and you thought, ooh, this is all going to look good, you know? Do you, do you okay. remember the one with Matt when he was lied on the grass and he was yeah, with Amy? Yeah. Wonderful. And it, Absolutely and it, and it, like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, and if you if you go back further, when they were yeah. introducing, um, when the, I can't remember what series with Tom Baker, they just showed a clip of Tom Baker looking out the square, looking down at the dark, and saying, "If you're if you're so intelligent, if you're you're better than the human race, climb up here and get me." And then it fires yeah, that, at him. That was enough that, to w w w make yeah. me want to watch the show. Uh, and that was that was a trailer for Destiny of the Daleks back exactly. in seventy nine, and yeah. it was just for that story as the season opened. said the Daleks back, and so's Tom. Yeah, happy, so there happy you go. memories. Obviously, yeah. if you're on board for Series oh, 13, yeah. we hope you enjoy it, <laughs> yep. sincerely. And we will be covering it in one form or another. We're not quite sure how yet. But yeah, stick with Type 40 and Type 40 Live. There will be coverage of Series 13 coming up. Well, that's stick maybe where the people who, who who want to watch it can come and join the show. Because I guarantee you, we we are we can't. We can't judge yeah, we'll, the show because we'll, none we'll of us you, will be watching it. <laughs> we'll let you know what's happening, when it's happening on that front. We're about to go for a break. But before we go to the break, I want to show you this. So this is for the people out there watching in the chat, watching on YouTube or on Facebook live at the moment. We have this. This is a supporting character from the series Outlander, which is big on Amazon Prime. So this is one of the supporting cast of that fantasy show, this young man with his, mm. looks like his bow and arrow. He's got the uh, the quiver on the back and feathers in his hair. Yeah, and a uh, Mr. T's haircut there on a, on a ginger guy. <laughs> Great stuff. Go for it. Why not rock it if you can get away with it? That's what I say. Now, yes, so this actor, what I'd like to know from you guys watching in the chat, who is this? Because this actor had a part in Doctor Who many years ago. So I was wondering if you can work out who that is let us know we're going to go for the ad break now and then i'll tell you who it is and where you'll have seen him before when we come back hey stick with type 40 life <laughs> stick with type 40 life for more coming coming back in a moment What can you get for a tenner these days? I'm off to farm foods. Minced beef and onion, cooked diced chicken, 50 chicken breast bites, a rack of ribs, 24 rashes of bacon and a bag of diced beef steak. Amazingly, any four of these for just £10. Fill up your freezer at Farm Foods. John and the kids are always out and about. All I know for sure is they get very hungry. That calls for lamb chops and masses of Bisto gravy. Bisto, made with the goodness from your meat. Browns, seasons, thickens, all in one delicious go. Mrs. Pertwee knows what every mum knows. For your Bisto kids, there's only one gravy, and it's Bisto. Yes, please. 
Gotta do the shopping now. Okay. Toilet tissue. Put it in the basket. Where the fish fingers? Put them in the basket. Washing up liquid. Put it in the basket. Mushy peas. Put them in the basket. Toothpaste. Put them in the basket. Fresh and clean. Put them in the basket. Tissues. Excuse me. Would you mind keeping a bit quiet, please? I, I'm sorry. I, I was You're just too much. You're disturbing the other customers. But, uh, well, I'm sorry. I, I'll keep quiet. Thank Listen. you very much. Honestly, as if we haven't got enough to worry about without crackpots like him around. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Tidy up the toothpaste, that's what I'm paid for. Put down the tissues, that's what I'm paid for. Move all this over, that's what I'm paid for. Go for a coffee break, that's what I'm paid for. <laughs> that was lots of fun, wasn't it? I had never seen that before. I don't know if any of you had. No, not at all. No. <laughs> Wendy Padbury there having having a bit of fun, putting on a black country accent too, Wendy. That's uh And was yeah. that a wig, Wendy? Do let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Won't forget that one. So, yes, before the break, we asked you about this fella. He's a member of the cast of Outlander, the Amazon Prime show, the fantasy show. I think it's about four or five, four or five seasons in. That was directly inspired. It's got a bit of a link to Doctor Who, that has. That's probably a story for another time. But yeah, this is one of the cast members. <laughs> and we asked you if you knew where he's connected to Doctor Who, why we may recognise him. Let's have a look back through the through the comments here, see if anybody's see if anybody's got it. Uh, he looks like a teenager. I think it's because I, he probably I is. Thought, sorry, I just saw something on um on uh, Twitter and somebody's yes. written Doctor Who has been woked up to the wazoo. <laughs> subscribe to the channel well done david hit the close well done, bell for notifications for more mega mega geek gold mega gold <laughs> oh, no. yeah, but we, got we better copyright that get the patent get the patent <laughs> yeah. yes so uh noel glynn from the tardis zone official watching in the chat said is it the kids i know errors crimpling doubloon says was he the boy in the toclophane? Oh, we've was he? Got several other people asking similar questions. Uh, what else? Got another question? No, it's not nothing to do with Tom Baker. No, this is no. We're we're going to reveal now. Reveal who it is. Yes. So it is. Uh, it was this guy. It's uh, yeah. This is uh, the Blue Peter winner. Wow. Yes, this is the Blue Peter winner from oh. back in two thousand and seven. This is this was little John Bell who played Crete. In the episode Utopia, if you remember there, JT. Oh, wow. Mm. I remember that. And I remember the Blue Peter edition where they, they launched the competition. So there he is with Freem Rajaman and David Tennant. Looking proud as punch. And so so clean, so clean-faced. Cherub cherubic, <laughs> cherubic, I think, is the expression there, Ian. And mm. now playing a uh, Mohican marauder over on, over on Outlander. Could you believe wow. it? So there we are. There he is. And, uh, yeah. All those years ago, 14 years ago now, JT. Can you believe it? Since you No, I can't stop it. You and Charlotte, please stop <laughs> this stuff. It really gets <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah, I, saw, I saw that picture. I don't watch Outlander, but I saw that picture and people talking about it. I thought, wow, doesn't doesn't time fly? I think people somebody did get this in the chat. It was Nicky Smalley. He he guessed that. Well he done, Nick. That. Yes, he's got wasn't it the kids? From the Blue Peter comp to be in Utopia. So yes, that that'll do. That's that was right. That's correct. Well done, Nikki. 
because I, I got better stuff I'd probably never guessed if I had to see it myself. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, other people putting out all sorts of other answers, but no, that is the correct answer. Story Eyed Girl says, gosh, 14 years ago? I know. Read it. Read shocking, it isn't it? Read Absolutely it shocking. Uh, going going back to the wow. classic era now. Earlier on, JT, we talked a little bit about merchandise and how yeah. current Ray, merchandise... my favourite thing. Current merchandise basically doesn't exist. Not my favourite thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you are a merchandise collector at the moment, JT, it's, yes. quite, it's quite slim pickings. I don't think it's unfair to say. No. No, but but in a sense that's a good thing, because I'm not spending as much money, and I'm actually doing spending my money on grown-up things like paying the mortgage and paying the bills. <laughs> yeah, but this oh. this uh, last couple of weeks, one of my item of merchandise has got the Doctor Who fandom quite excited, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's this it's this little beauty here. Let's have a let's have a closer look. So here he is. It's the, the second Doctor, of course it is in the uh, in the doors. Of the TARDIS. This is the second Doctor and electronic, electronic TARDIS <laughs> from the Abom Abominable Snowmen, 1967. Have you had a drink in the break? Did you have a drink? <laughs> with light and SFX. So this is a, a special set of figures from Character Options. It's an exclusive from their website, celebrating, it says here, one of the most iconic and now sadly lost adventures of Patrick mm -hmm. Troughton's tenure as the second Doctor. This exclusive collector set includes electronic classic TARDIS with light and sound effects, plus highly detailed second Doctor figure as depicted in the classic 1967 episode. And you know what? It is beautifully detailed, mm. isn't it? Mm, it's Fantastic. gorgeous. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. I mean, this is the quality that um, from character, though, at the moment. I mean, this is the first electronic TARDIS we've had in, what, 10 years or something? Mm. Yeah, it has um, since that. And now, of course, we get them through B&M. And they're very inventive and creative through the b and I'm a huge fan of character options. I have been right since the very beginning, back in 2005. Um, but this was just, this was a gift. We have been waiting for this version of the Second Doctor for many, many years because the prototype was leaked years ago. And we've all been going, give us it, give us it, give us it. So oh, was it? Oh, yeah. I mean, this prototype has been around forever. It's a slightly different paint variant to the the prototype that was leaked all those years ago. Um, but to get it, to, to be able to order it, there were 4,000 available on the website. But to be able to see it released at last is a bit of a, it's a, bit of a, a, a fan dream, really. It's lovely. It is. It's gorgeous. We have put the link in the description of the video. So they are still up for sale. It's character have... They've they've somehow managed to strike the right balance between being very very uh, sort of populist in their appeal. Kids can play with these figures if they wish to, what? and yet it's still, <laughs> and yet they've still got a prestige about them, Charlotte. Yeah, no, I, I think it's because you can tell that they put like the detail in. Because I there's so many times when I see these on like Twitter and I go, oh, I'm so tempted to find to buy that. And it's just a nice, like I said, and I think it's also because they're, they're, they're smart. They know they have to do current era merch, so they put out what they have to, and then they do a load of classic. So they're very clever with how they do their merch character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, they, they are aware of what's going on. They are. They're not stupid, these people. They are, but they're based in Oldham um, here in the United Kingdom. Um, they've been there since the very beginning. 
what happened, of course, is that it twisted around because from 2005 onwards, we had just new series stuff, new series stuff. And then um, when it came into the, the Moffat era, the new series stuff started to change. Then they experimented with smaller sort of original Star Wars. That was a flop. Nobody bought those. And then they found the classic stuff. So they, back, back, they did some classic stuff ages ago as an experiment, massive sales for them. So to do these through B&M and through, now through this, this is their second online exclusive. But to do these sort of things, they know now what they're doing. And actually, when you're saying that they have to do the new series stuff, they do, but they're in very reduced numbers. Mm. Well, yeah, because and, there's pictures of them all on the shelf for one quid, so they know. <laughs> yes, and that's they they do know that, and and I I I might be wrong, but I um I was told by a friend of mine who works in the in the toy industry, they don't take them in anymore because the return policy is no existent if things don't sell. <laughs> there are certain people who will argue who will argue for seven days from Sunday that that is not the case, but walk oh, into any B and M up and down the country. And it is, they are lined with shelves, reduction after reduction after reduction on that uh, Yaz, Ryan, and Jadoon set. That I would hate to think what's going They're going to have to melt some of them down. I was, in, um, into the sun or I was in Forbidden Planet uh, uh, <laughs> last week, in fact, and I was talking to the guy behind the counter. Oh, okay. and, um, and I saw the counter for Doctor Who because usually when yeah. you go, right, if you go back, what? Uh, nine times. years ago, the whole shelf was full of Doctor Who stuff, and I went in wow. there, and there was just like this little corner, yes, with Jodie yeah. figures and stuff like. That. And yeah. I said to the guy behind the counter, I said, "Is it true that these things are not selling?" And he went, "Shh, <laughs> don't tell anyone," <laughs> you know, because because <laughs> he didn't even want to say. It. I think his boss was a huge fan of some nonsense like that. So, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It is true that they're not selling, and it is true that yeah, yeah. it's not ordinary anymore. Not well, we know they're not that. selling. You know, Dan, Dan um, and I uh, post on the Type 40 Facebook page quite a lot pictures that we see. So the action figures, £3, £4, the sonic screwdriver, £2, you know, all these things from the, Ch the Chibnall era. It, nothing sells. We, we know that. And it's a shame because that, I mean, look at that there. I, I mean, it is stunning, isn't it? And um, Just the TARDIS as well, the way it's been so carefully yeah. distressed. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, and they've even got it. I mean, it does look... I don't know about you guys, but it does hurt me when I see the sign on the wrong side. <laughs> it doesn't look right, does not yeah, confuse yeah. it. But that's you know how it was on the TV show. Yeah. You know something doesn't look right, Ian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as grown men, you can't but want some of these little bits of plastic, can't, can you? I wouldn't mind getting this, actually. It might actually well, you better hurry up, my friend. It's, uh, they're yeah. about 40, 40 45 pounds, um, and they've been selling very nicely. It is a one-off. Mm. Um, you've got to get it from the character website alone. I know there's issues outside the United Kingdom, but if you're going to get it, get it quick. Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Yes, we've got TARDIS Zone says the Spacebook. Check out the Eagle Moss Whitaker <laughs> console if you want to laugh. Well, yeah, yeah, you must have come to the show last you... my friend, because we did. In fact, you... yeah. got any suggestions? This is what this is what he's talking about. Do you think and... this is a finger to us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, th I think it's a case someone was having um, a three o'clock. <laughs> meeting uh, right, can right, i right. show you down let's go back to the character options. Yeah. let me show you yes here it is oh oh, 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 oh wow oh, oh. um oh, I, have you. To... I hate you, you. I, you. I want to say to character options the turnaround on this was amazing because i got it two days after i ordered it online um so the box is very similar to the boxes that you see the tardis sets in b m except yes. for that 
Uh, there is a top slit in there to show that it's a, it is different to the BNM range. You've got the window at the side. I'm sorry, I'm getting the light on this as well. On the back, you're getting the usual blurb of the show, the actual episodes it's built in. And then the new addition is, of course, this character online exclusive. Um, brilliant yeah. doing the demonstrations on QVC or The Price is Right, my friend. Yeah. Well done. Well, I actually auditioned to them once upon a time, and there's a story we'll talk about another time. But there <laughs> it is. I mean, the detail He's to this. He's worked with them all, everybody. He's worked with them all. I can tell. And it involves a name from Doctor Who. But I anyway, bet that's it does. I bet it does. So the background, the background, he says, getting off the subject, the background there is actually... Um, yeah, that looks beautiful. It's the Himalayas, isn't it? Well, it's, it is supposed to be, of course, the Himalayas. It is, of course, Wales. Yeah, and the course, usual hidden nature. But what gets me here, I don't know if you can see that because of my sight, but the TARDIS in the box is actually at a jaunty angle. And they've designed the base of the box to make the TARDIS look like it's at a, joint, a jointy angle there. I don't know if you can see it. No, you can't because of the light. But it's, it's just gorgeous. It's fantastic. Um, and it's, yeah. There we go. I, mean, I feel sorry for people like Vanessa Law here watching on YouTube. For people who Good live in other countries yeah. who the postage and packing would be, it would be cost prohibitive. Huge. Yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be massive. Uh, but, so that's a shame, obviously. But for, for collectors and for people who have who've been aware, I had no idea that was a prototype a, few, uh, a while ago, who've been waiting on this. Yeah. It's nice to finally get it. And, yes. uh, yeah, what, <laughs> I suppose the next question is, what next? And if this line of merchandise, your character, they really look after their license, they know their punters, mm -hmm. what, which, which sort of deep dive TARDIS and Doctor Set could we get next, Charlotte? Have you, got any, have you got any sort of bits of merchandise like that that you've been waiting for somebody to bring out for years and years and years? Well, like I said, I'm just getting into classic now. So it's yeah. a bit of... It's it's one of those things that when I see them they look lovely, but sometimes I don't I don't have the same connection as you guys. Yeah, yeah. So it's. Like... I got a minute, lady. I wasn't around when Patrick Trout was on the telly. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm not that old. All right. <laughs> I oh, said dear. classic. I said classic. I didn't. He's going to flounce. He's going to flounce off everybody. Let's <laughs> let's change the subject. Yes, that is still available to order from character at the moment over at the website. The link is in the description of this video. And yet we couldn't not, even though that came out a little while ago, while we were away, we couldn't not mention that. It is just, it's just too nice, isn't it? So yeah, well done character options for giving the punters absolutely what you know they want. Uh, yeah, I, I've been asking for, there's been numerous figures that I've wanted for a while. I think I'd like a, a second doctor from the two doctors uh, in, with his grey hair but not in an Andrigan variant character, if you're watching. I, I didn't agree with that. I'd well, like... one was made available, Dan. <laughs> well, I think he's got Andrigan ear, uh, eyebrows. Did it? That, yeah, and that's what put me off purchasing. I'm very finicky, you see. So Wait, if... was that, well, hang on. I, I, if I could be bothered, I'd walk over there and look in the 13th Doctor bot set, because uh, I think there was two. There was the B&M, and then there was one in the 13th Doctor box set, which was from the two Doctors, without the Androgum thing. So I think you've missed your chance, Yabu, to you. Oh, oh, yes. It does, it does sound like it. Oh, well. <laughs> you, you, uh, you can't win them all, can you? Yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was, uh, going back to merchandise, is the latest item from... I'm going to get it up on screen now, because it's a whole line of merchandise that I've wanted to talk about for a little while. Because they reached, they did reach out to us, and I've got a picture of it somewhere. Yes, here it is. So, yeah, uh, sometime last year, 
in the comics world we're talking about now, there is a small independent comics company called Cutaway Comics. And it's based Ooh. in the UK. And for a little while now, they have been bringing through new titles based on old Doctor Who characters. So I don't know if you're familiar with this one, Charlotte, whether you've seen Revelation of the Daleks, the 1985 yes. Colin Baker story. Now, do you remember? Good. Do you remember yeah. William, William Gaunt playing... Uh, Orsini, the Knight of the Grand Order of Oberon, and his squire, his smelly squire, Ian, who looked yes. after his weapons for him. You remember those two characters? Well, Ian wasn't the smelly squire. No. <laughs> I'm the smelly something, but I... <laughs> <laughs> smelly mega geeky. They have now, if all goes according to plan for Cutaway Comics, they're going to get their own one-off. Why? Why? One... one <laughs> Be nice. They're going to get their own <laughs> one-shot comic book here, Orsini from Cutaway Comics. And it, this is the blurb. It says, Exiled from the Grand Order of Oberon, celebrated Grandmaster Orsini and his brave squire Bostock traverse the hinterlands in search of honour amidst the chaos. However, it soon becomes clear that they are not alone in this strange part of the galaxy. Is the hunter about to become the hunted? <laughs> they, yeah, so they what it is, they kind of crowdfund these comics. They're up on mm. Kickstarter. They're looking for people to invest in them, to take them to print. If you do this and you order direct from Cutaway Comics, you get an exclusive DVD with, uh, with lots of extra content. And the general gist of it goes something like this. There's a newly recorded revel revelation of the Daleks commentary with some of the cast members. There's Trevor Cooper, who played Tarkis, and Colin Spohr, who played Lilty, a very memorable characters they were, along with the director, Graham Harper, Fantastic director of both classic and new Doctor Who, Gray and Harper. So they're, they're doing a commentary on there. There's extra video content, so extended highlights of a little discussion there with, with Graham, along with trailers for their other comics. They've got Omega and the Paradise Towers comics. So, yeah, we had a bit of an exclusive on the Omega one a little while ago now, so that went really, really well. But, yeah, it says – this is a bit of a blurb here, and it reminds us where we first saw them. You see them there on screen now. On the right, there's uh, there's William Gaunt and the gentleman who played Bostock. I can't remember his name now. That's terrible of me because I love those characters, and I really like I really like the fact that they're diving into classic history for these characters. There, Jayton. Well, I've got the Omega ones. Can you see them? They're there. Yeah, they, they so they put out a, a mini series of Omega, <laughs> didn't they? That was illustrated by John Ridgway. John and Ridgway. Now they're, they're doing Paradise Towers. Do they have the rights a, to do this? A little series. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. characters that are where the rights are owned independently by the writers who mm. created them for oh, Doctor Who. Explain it then. Okay. That yeah, it. yeah. 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 So yeah. Some, some with Eric Sayward based on the character of Lytton too. And I think that from what I've seen, uh, Cutaway Comics, just like character options, again, they know their fan base. They look after their properties. They they sort of they're building something out really quite modestly, and I mean I think this artwork on the front cover here that's beautiful. I don't know if that's Adrian Salmon, but it's certainly very similar to his style of work there on yeah, that it is, artwork. No. Yeah. Really yeah. like how that. did I get up there? Oh, <laughs> I, do, I do apologize. It says this is written by Eric Sayward and features a cover and interior art by Adrian Salmon. A fantastic graphic artist, in my opinion. I've always loved his work. It's been a mainstay of Doctor Who magazine. And it's a full-color one-shot comic. Yeah, one-shots are traditional. You know, they're popular in the comics world. But they include sketches and a commentary from the artist and all sorts of other things. So, again, the link to the uh, to uh, go directly to Cutaway Comics and invest in this. Join the Kickstarter. That's also in the description of this video. We wish them every bit of luck in the world with your Orsini comic. I've always loved that character. 
Is there any character from a Doctor Who story in classic or new that you think they could make a great comic book spin-off of? Uh, Leela. <laughs> I love Leela. Leela, she'd make a great comic. And would she, you, you know, set it before she met the Doctor or after it? Would it be all after, in animal, in animal skins? No, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, gotcha. Change it, changed his yeah. tune there, didn't he? <laughs> after, after, after the Doctor. She's <laughs> a, a great, great character in my opinion. Yeah, spin-off for Jenny, says Story-Eyed Girl watching in the chat. Uh, who, anybody else? You'll have, you'll have, to, else you'll have to ask David Tennant for that one. <laughs> yeah oh we've got uh, maybe this what's this one maybe the spin-off downtime in that if there was i'd do a review on it i like downtime too um they, they could do some comics with uh, kate lethbridge stewart she's a, she's a character that i think has had mm. several incarnations that people really like uh, Have, so uh, don't, don't they do that now isn't she in the, the graphic novels that titan produced now some oh she may have been in one or two I think I, I, think oh, no, I, was, I don't know. I think Osgood's been in one. Yeah, yeah. Simon Horton watching in the chat. This is a novelty. This is great chat, folks. <laughs> Loving being an observer. And ah. Simon, what, what picture are you using there for your avatar? That looks nothing like you, Simon. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely I think nothing that's like what you. They, I think that could be what they call. I think that's what could be what they call a headshot, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of the old BBC staff passes. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Oh, God. We've got PJ maybe watching along hey, in the PJ. chat who says, I managed to pick up some classic Doctor Who stuff today, collecting it next week, wow. VHS, and a couple of good books. Some Fabulous. New Who stuff that will be given to a friend's daughter. So we're begging, borrowing, and stealing the good stuff here yeah, to build up our collections of stocks. But we get donated this stuff sometimes, Daniel. don't we? That That's happened to me loads of times. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yes, uh, Digby Strawbridge asks, are these the same people who did a comic yes. about Lytton? Yes, they are indeed. Yes. And, and yeah. more more power to them, more creativity in the Doctor Who universe. That's what we like. And characters that we liked when we originally saw them. What about a tooth it's, monster? It's... Did you make a comic of the tooth monster? <laughs> that would that would not sell. That's a that's a Whitaker <laughs> reference, isn't it? Because yeah, I don't get that is. one. Of them. <laughs> we had we had nearly an hour bashing the Whitaker and Chibnall era. And so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The brilliant thing about people like Cutaway Comics is that um, it's it's very similar in, in the setup. Is, is is that it's it's keeping comic books alive, isn't it? Really, because we all know the comic book industry has been hit by all this wokeness yeah. and all this nonsense that's going around, and you yeah. have to feel for it. I mean, you look at all the people it must have put out of work in America. Mm. How awful is that? We're starting to see it in what's left of the small amounts of comic industry we've got here are all foreign-owned anyway. So to have a truly independent British small business saying, we want to keep um, the comics going and we're going to use some of your favourite characters, how how wonderful. And... Um, I mean to use to use fans, known fans from the from Doctor Who magazine, like Adrian and everybody else there. Uh, John Ridgway, a giant in the uh, illustrations for Doctor Who comics. You know, he did the Colin Baker era and a bit of Silver as well. Voyager is a classic, isn't it? And in the comic book world, and in the world of illustration as well. You know, the man's illustrated so many books. And yeah, big American comic books too. When when American comic books sold, you know, both DC and Marvel, we know uh, they're both in major major trouble at the moment. Who in knows trouble. what's going to happen there? So, mm. cutaway comics to be carving out their own niche with characters that we we really loved the first time, and and telling and just telling nice lean stories. 
Yeah, it's exciting yeah. as well because they make there's new characters in in the Omega book Omega book uh, that I've got. There's a the backstory because they have a backstory in the in the back pages like we used to do when we were kids. Yeah, I love that. It's all about um, life on Eden, years before the Mandrels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's new characters here, and and they could evolve, and maybe they could spin off yeah. into their own comic books eventually, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Starry-eyed girl says, yes, that's true. Support small businesses. They need us more than ever. Yeah. Charlotte, some of us need our tea, don't they? I understand yeah. you're going <laughs> off to get fed. Thanks for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed yourself and vented a little about the, the panel and the, and the trailer. <laughs> Who knows? We're going to be back for Series 13. We hope to have you back in over the next few weeks to talk about something maybe a bit jollier. But thanks for all your input this afternoon. It's been invaluable. Yeah. Thank you, Queen Charlotte. Oh, hail Queen Charlotte. Nice to see you, Charlotte. Uh, goodbye, Charlotte. Goodbye. <laughs> see you later, Charlotte. Bye-bye. We'll catch you soon. <laughs> yeah. Then there were three. She's way too rowdy, isn't she? Things are going to quieten down now, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, well, what's, what's the next topic? And we'll let you know. <laughs> what's, <laughs> well, yeah. I Well, yeah. This is it. Because, yeah, returning faces again. I want to talk a, a little bit about this because I'm quite pleased to see her back because it's not just because I fancy her something rotten, but Freeman Adjuman's back, back playing, back playing Martha <laughs> Jones on audio for Big Finish. And, uh, yeah, this was announced last week. I understand it was recorded 18 months ago. Jesus. And the blurb says, uh, after more than a decade away from the TARDIS, Freeman Adjuman returns to the world of Doctor Who as the 10th Doctor's companion, Martha Jones. So this Who's story, playing her husband? Ah, we're <laughs> going to find out. Uh, Depends when is... they set the story, my friend, doesn't it? If they yeah, set it before Last of the Time Lords. It says that these stories, that it's set in between the 2007 TV episodes, The Sound of Drums and Last of the Time Lords. So oh, when she's walking yeah. the earth. Yeah, when she's walking the yeah. earth. Yeah. It's called mm, The Year. Great. It's called The Year of Martha Jones. Oh, lovely. And uh, it's several several stories. It's a, it's a limited series. So the idea is that across uh, three box sets, they'll tell the entire story. And the idea is that Martha Jones is traveling the earth, warning humanity about the master and spreading hope with tales of her friend, the doctor. They are going to feature her mum, Francine Jones, still played by oh, yeah. Ajoya Ando. Yeah, she's a good actress. Bridgerton, yeah, yeah, really, I like her really too. Good, yeah. Really good actress. In fact, one yeah. of the best, one of the best known unknowns on mm. British TV. She's been around for a very, very long time. Is, so it's yeah. always, always good to see her back, back in stuff. So we've got that one confirmed cast member so far. I would imagine that the rumor is that John Sim may have recorded some content for these releases because obviously he's with big finish now or at least he's worked with them you see dan right she would yeah. make a good doctor who oh stop it do you know what i mean it's like well, well she's got a lot of charisma but i can't see her as the doctor myself. well maybe i don't know but she's obviously better looking than Jody. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. We've got a quote here from Freema. <laughs> We've got a quote here from Freema herself. She says, we really didn't know what Martha was going through during that year on the earth. We see her We see her embark on it, and we see the conclusion of it. But it's so interesting to really see her as an ordinary person trying to do ordinary things. And, uh, yeah, the release date we've got so far is just December 2021 for the, the first of these releases. But, yeah, obviously, uh, Freema... She's in uh, what's that? What's that thing called now about the hospital? I can't remember what it's called. New Amsterdam on American TV, big show on American network TV. Three or four years now, you can watch that on Amazon Prime. And she's great in it. She plays somebody who is um, a medical doctor, just like Martha Jones, but a bit of a nasty piece of work from what I, a few that I've seen. 
Uh, what have we got? Yes, uh, Stargard Girl says, no, no, Ian, no, Mr. Mega Geek. She's not <laughs> got that otherworldliness, but she's definitely better better than Jody. Uh, Sadako says, by the end of that finale, I didn't care. Oh, that's... Uh, that's a bit uh, a bit harsh. I, I love that. <laughs> uh, Yas and Martha, such the same person. Sorry, I really? Are they? Not. Yas is no. a waste of space. Martha saved the Earth and the Doctor. Oh, I think that's a, yes. Right. I see yes, what, I see what yes. I see what saying. Yeah. Looking yeah. forward to this. Yeah. See, I'm yeah. just I'm just glad to see Freema back in the fold because obviously she's a very much in demand actress on on a big on a big show where they're making like 20, 30 episodes a year. She's I'm not lovely. This was recorded a while Absolutely ago, but yeah, she is. Lovely. Mm. And when you see her talk, if you follow her on Instagram and various other things, where she makes the odd video, yeah. she's just as nice. Well, she seems to be just as nice as she is on the show. She seems very appreciative of the fans. Mm. Often says, makes a call, calls out to the Hoovians, shout out to the Hoovians, which apart from using the word Hoovians, we'll forgive her that. Yeah, we can forgive her that when, when she means well. <laughs> maybe one day we'll see her back in Doctor Who. Who knows? Who knows? Nikki Smalley says she's not a baddie in New Amsterdam. In fact, she's she's just Martha. She's even in love with the male lead. She wasn't in the ones that I saw. I only watched the first half yeah, of the first season. I watched the first season. That was I, and I haven't watched the rest. I'm not not that it was bad. It was all right. But I, you know, yeah. Yeah, she's, medical she's dramas lovely. don't do much for me generally. And if there's no sci-fi element, I sort of right. bail. I bail pretty quickly. Even, you know, it even if the scenery is is this nice. But yeah, it's I think <laughs> Free Marajaman has absolutely got her fans here in the Doctor Who world. And we're glad to see it was back to that old thing, isn't it, JT, of the, the actors and actresses that we liked in roles that endeared them to us. Now we're going off and doing nice things. Yes, when they've good. got the time to come back to the show, to the bosom of Doctor Who, brilliant. Otherwise, we do genuinely want to see them do good things and have further success. Maybe, maybe Dan, she did it in the uh, in the pandemic when I, you know what I mean? She might, or did she do it recently? He said 18 months, so that's yeah, before the, the pandemic. Yeah, oh, the audio was recorded okay. allegedly in 2019. I haven't seen right. I haven't seen that confirmed, but that's mm. what I've sort of read. I think it's time for some pretty pictures, everybody. What do you oh, think? Oh, good. Let's have a look at some pretty pictures. Daleks, everybody. Daleks and not the Prydonian this time. There is oh. another. There is a pretender to the throne. <laughs> watch watch your back here, Prydonian, because uh, this guy's this guy's in town. This Cracky. is Ben. This is Ben Dewar over on Twitter. And what I can only describe JT as a pewter new series Dalek. Yeah, I was just I was just deciding on what to call it, and that uh, that that's a great word, isn't it, pewter? Because it does look like that. Um, yeah, it's it's I like that. It's nice. It's obviously based on uh, the the Russell T D uh, design. Um, but hopefully he he might even look at moving on like Pridonian did to do his own versions. Yeah, yeah no, it's nice. It's really yeah, nice. it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a proper Dalek. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, it's difficult to understand, it is, isn't it, Ian? With yeah. these Daleks have been on screen now for sixteen years. Yeah. Okay, we've had a, a radical redesign a couple of times, but they've never really tweaked this, and they've never really given us much variations of color, have they? The way that uh, they, the way they, that they tried, didn't they? In the uh, um, digital, the Matt Smith era, they tried to make they looked terrible. That that the, the bigger oh, ones. We got yeah. the well, we got the camouflage green one, didn't we? Come to think of it, now now I've uh, yeah, yeah. I'm go back on what I said here now. And don't even talk to me about the latest looking dialect. They are so awful. 
But I, I'd love to see. Oh, God. But I'd love to see these Daleks maybe in in a blue or a red, like at the Pertwee yeah. style Dalek. That kind of color scheme, JT, that, that the Prydonian sometimes does. Well, I I, I I like all that sort of stuff as well. And we were talking about, you know, a, 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 um, you know how the, the Daleks could look in a series. I mean, that to me, what's up there from Ben Dewar is a warrior class Dalek. And then the colours would come in and as they did in the comics with all the other classes of Daleks, whether it be Supreme or Commander or whatever. You know, you could play with them. But I quite like this sort of colour on a Dalek because they can get into the shadows a little bit more and they can just yeah. sneak out. You know, um, and I quite, that's what always thrills me about remembering what Genesis of the Daleks was like for me when I was five years old. Mm. And, the, you know, seeing that grey thing coming out of the darkness with, mm. with Davros, that whole scene of, oh, you know, it stuck with me forever, that bit. Particularly against the sort of the uh, the uh, darkened skies of the war torn sort of landscape of Scarra. Sorry. I got to admit, though, I do like um, Russell T's. Um... Dalek in Dalek. Yeah, I thought too. that. I think that, that was the first time I actually saw a Dalek as a threat. Of course, the Tom Baker era and the and the the other eras. Yes, they were threatening, but for me, Dalek was the one where actually made a Dalek threatening. You couldn't even fire a bullet at it. Do you know what I mean? They could float, yeah. and well, that, you know, that was the whole was, point of that show, yeah. though, wasn't it? To show, well, hang on a minute, the Daleks have always been like this, yeah. but now we've actually got the technology and the money to show you. Yeah. <laughs> and also, the fact, also the fact that it could it could um, read a computer and 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 access the whole world while uh, the yeah. web and everything just just with that sucker thing. So you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. But anyway, proper, like proper yeah. scary. They do they they're uh, trouser browning. I think is uh, yeah, and they still do. They're still formidable designs. The the little tweaks. I I know that Ray Cusick wasn't very keen on the rivets, yes. and I know why. But I still think this was the right design at the right how time. How do they do it? He does, Ray, Ray went on record saying he doesn't like anything like rivets because how would a Dalek put a, river onto another, a rivet yeah. onto another Dalek? I mean, he's got a point. Even their machines, got, totally alien right. technology, it, it should be sort of streamlined in that sense with none of those little touches. So I get what he's saying. He's completely and utterly right. It makes no sense within the fiction at all. Well, <laughs> maybe um, maybe uh, um, Davros... Uh, went to a world and made all these aliens crate them or something like that, or had had a, had a you know crate them all and whatever and stick the dialects in there and so, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a reason for the rivets, right? <laughs> so anyway, Vanessa Law, please, please, let's not mention the Skittles Daleks. Ah, I see. I'm a Skittles Daleks apologist here. I have no. You see, that yeah, over here, Vanessa, we call them the Teletubby Daleks. <laughs> What's garbage on about now? What was he doing there? Behave, uh, garbage. He's, he's gone <laughs> emoji happy. There, he's oh, joined the Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Good, good yeah. luck, my friend. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, Digby Strawbridge says, like the new Who Daleks in a more trad color scheme. Yes, yeah, Digby, I agree. Yeah, that's pretty much what they are. But yeah, uh, mentioning of the Skittles Daleks, that reminds me the next picture because yeah, I found this when I found this guy's work. When I found yeah, found Ben Dewar's work. I have to get reminded me of the guy's name. That was the first image I saw, and then I saw this one. So how could I not bring this as well? This one is called oh. the Paradigm, the new Paradigm Saucer Command. Wow. And it's so lovely. there, there we have the Daleks. There we have those Daleks you were just talking about there, Ian. Yeah. So those are the classic 2005 Daleks there in gold with one of the Skittles Daleks 
stood in the in the middle working the controls. They look like a nest, don't they? It's like a spider's nest. Yeah, but how comes the fans always get it right and the people that are like Doctor Who always get it right? Because we know everything, mate. We know everything. <laughs> we absolutely do. But that's amazing, yeah. right? That's such a great design. You know, look at the, the way he's designed the background and stuff and all that red light. I mean, they look threatening, right? It's beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, and the, and the and reason then, we get it right is because we understand the show more than some of these people, alleged professionals that come and take it on. Mm, wow, and they're so frightening that JT, understand you've got to leave us too now, mate. I do. It's that time. So thank you very much. Lovely to see you both. Bye, space bookers. I will see you again. Enjoy the rest of the show and uh, have a great uh, rest of the evening. See you soon. See you later, mate. For coming, my friend. Yeah, you can you can talk about him now, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to JT as always for joining us here on Type Forty Live. It wouldn't be the same without him, would it? Yeah, nah. I I love the Daleks and I love all this artwork. So really, anybody out there that you know that's who's doing interesting things with with Daleks or Cybermen or any other classic Doctor Who monsters online, whether they are on social media or maybe in their own deviant, if they've got their own deviant art page. We'd love to see, maybe get them on and to talk about it, because a lot of us are creatives involved with this show, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, uh, yeah, just bring it bring it on. That's all I can say. Bring Absolutely it on. Absolutely bring it on. Bye, JT. Say the chat. Joe, he's got more. Look at this. Anybody think they liked him? Everybody <laughs> <laughs> watching this, JT, people are missing you already. Bye, 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 bye. But it does mean, and as Matt Pot says, fans have passion. Matt Pot watching there from Tasmania. Good morning, Matt. Hi, Matt. It it's about one o'clock, one half one in no two in the morning for Matt. Wow. Thanks for joining us there. Because I have another picture to show. You're gonna like this one, Ian. So a little, a little while ago, in fact, I'm gonna take the banner off. This is this is too pretty to, to sully. It's bad enough that it's gonna have both our horrible mushes before it. So you remember a few weeks ago we looked at a picture that was a a uh, a scene, the original scene from the pilot episode of Doctor Who, that junkyard that started off this whole legend. Yeah. And Clayton Hickman had gone in there and he had uh, remastered the original image, tuned it up, ah. and, and sort of um, just made it look better than ever, really. Well, he's gone back into it again and he's colorized it. So what we're going to look at now, this is the junkyard from the pilot remount. This picture was taken on Friday, the 18th of October, 1963. And what Clayton has done, he spliced two pictures together to give us the sort of ultimate TARDIS shot from the recording of the pilot episode. So this, take a look at it. Oh, wow. So the black and white, obviously in black and white, when you watch the pilot, Ian, you, yeah. can t you, know, you can't tell how small this set is and <laughs> how, how it's been sort of thrown together. And some of it was probably hand-painted. Clayton's gone in, he's colorized it here and sort of brought it all to extra life, but it does show it does show the 1963 production values, doesn't it? It does. It's lovely. It, it, I mean, you know, I, I, just, I think it's as close as you can get if you were there on the on the day. Yeah. And that's probably what it would have looked like if you were on the set on the day. But um yeah, wonderful, wonderful picture. Every Amazing. every tiny little detail. I think if you if you were to go in, you'd probably see considerably more. And uh, obviously, he can't know for certain whether what all color? of these colours yeah. are accurate. But by a process of of elimination and by just thinking of a, something that's appealing to the eye, for us here, all these decades later, looking on, it's not a bad job at all. But in the process of doing this, 
obviously colorizing every little bit of the set, he managed to uh, pick out some details that were hitherto unseen. So here's one of them, for example. This is on the on the left hand side. <laughs> seems to be a um, I'd say it's too big to be a um, a drinking mug, isn't it? Is that, a, is that a policeman? Yeah. Is that a laughing policeman? I don't know. Because it looks like, you know, the, 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 the collars they used to have in those days in the 60s, yeah. policemen. Can't see any hat on his head, though. It might not be a policeman. I think it's there's a, I think there's a, sort of a blue helmet on the cap of his head there. Oh, right. Maybe it is a policeman then. But it looks, I mean, you know. But I was trying to work out if that was a handle on the back of his head. Maybe it was something to drink out of, like a flag, and, a flag yeah. and a nail. Yeah, might might be. It might be. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it looks like a policeman. If, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a laughing policeman. Um, uh, I don't know. Coffee mug or something. Absolutely incredible what Clayton's doing over on Twitter. So if you haven't already, I know we say this most times we come on this show, go and follow Clayton Hickman over on Twitter and support his work. He puts out merchandise too on, on T-shirts and mm. uh, things like cushion covers and tapestries. And I think he even does some TARDIS Roundel's wallpaper. I think I could do with some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still working on, still working on my, my new studio, everybody. That's coming mm. soon. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, we've got several people still chatting here. I'm not sure what, what Sarah's talking about here. I don't know. Uh, Sarah's got a friend who does some gorgeous artwork with the Eagle Moss figures. They're that good, you can't even tell they're all figures. Mm. He's also featured in a Doctor Who book. That's what happens. People people use the these models and action figures and use them to create dioramas or uh, fantasy photography, or even tell their own stories with them. I think that's immensely creative. Mm. I can see. A lot of Doctor and Who fans out there. Yeah, very creative people. Megan Eurobytes watching in the chat too says, I can see a time in the future when people like Clayton, etc., will be able to digitize 3D models of scenes and enable fans to walk around them in VR. Boom. That would be amazing. Mind that would be blowing. amazing. Absolutely mind-blowing, Megan Eurobyte. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for joining us this afternoon for Type 40 Live. It's been a cracking show. Our first show back for a couple of weeks. But, yeah, if you can't get enough, if you think, are they going already? Then you can go back because we have had lots of new subscribers over the last two or three weeks. Brav, so yeah. The good news is if you've enjoyed this show, this is your first Type 40 Live. In fact, we have had big numbers for this show. Then you'll be pleased to learn there are... How many now? Nearly 30 other live streams with myself, Ian, with JT, with Simon, with Starry-Eyed Girl, and various other of our friends from all across fandom, people like Barnaby Jago, all coming in to talk to us about Doctor Who and lots of dis different aspects of it live with a live chat. So, yeah, we're going to have to update this graphic pretty soon. This was Series 1 <laughs> where we've got Bob Baker and Paul Tamsin to talk about K9. Of course, they make all the official K9 stuff. Had several guests in since. Lots more of the shows. And you do not want to miss the Type 40 podcast itself. You can stream or download Type 40 from type40.podbean.com. That's its designated official home. It's a master feed. Or it's on Spotify, TuneIn, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and here on YouTube. 
in both audio and some of them now in video form. These are the latest two episodes that we put out. Again, thank you for watching these whilst we were away, whilst the live stream was away. People watched and enjoyed these videos. I've had a lot of feedback from them. Thank you so much. We are looking at making more of the podcasts in video form too. It doesn't always work because some of the people that we speak to, you know, they either don't, they either haven't got webcams or they just don't want to be on camera. They would rather do the audio stuff. We've got to respect that. But we combine the two formats wherever we can. What else is coming up on the channel? What else? Let's remind people. What else? Yeah, a bit of this. <laughs> and yeah, lots there of our other shows. There's, there's Teleport. <laughs> A Blake 7 podcast, that's coming back soon, along with Hard Drive, which is our general sci-fi podcast that myself and Ian do, we do with the rabbi from another planet and Keith Isles from Home Media Minefield. You don't want to miss out on that. We'll be back with more Type 40 Live next week. Yeah. Ah, going to keep you waiting to see what the subject of that is about. It's not that I don't know. But, and I do know, I do know. We may have a guest next week. We're waiting to see how that's all get, going to get ironed out. Lots to come between now and when Doctor Who itself comes back to screen sometime in the autumn, we're going to keep coming with these live streams. We're going to get you there and, and then drop you off for you to decide whether you're going to watch it or not. Let's have one last look. One last look in the chat. Retro Dicky says, great stream. Thanks to the panel. Thank you, Retro Dicky. Thanks mate. for being here and watching. Yeah. And uh, where can I get a copy of that picture? I'll sort you out with that, Vanessa. You just remind me. <laughs> Cheers, Vanessa. That's got to be made. On a T-shirt, I agree. <laughs> and yeah. as Matt Pot says, it never, ever gets old. Gets old I, yeah. I can't argue with that. I'm getting old. I'm getting hungry. Time for my tea too. Ian, thanks for joining me on this, no on this first show back. We've no vented a little bit, haven't we? We've chewed our way through the latest Doctor Who morsels, but we got there in the end. We do hope you've enjoyed it too. So, yeah, please like the video and subscribe to the channel for more. Check out those podcasts and there'll be more videos dropping in the week, no doubt, here on the channel. Like like the video, share it along to other people if you have enjoyed it. Subscribe to the channel. Got to keep reminding people to do that because we are getting lots of views, but people don't subscribe unless they've been here a few times. People watch and watch and watch without subscribing. Let's sort that out. Let's get subscribed. Let's get out there and have sub. some more fun. Yeah, sub, 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 sub. sub. Yes, thank you, everybody, for your time. Uh, that's it for now. See you next week. Here back, back on this Facebook channel for more Type 40 Live next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Those shows are a blast to make. We'll be putting more of them out too here on the Type 40 feed. But if you want to catch Type 40 live, literally live, join in with the comments on YouTube and Facebook and wherever. Head over to YouTube, search for The Spacebook, and there we are. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the little cloister bell. Then you'll get all the notifications on when we'll be live streaming next. We always have the time. If you have the space here at Type 40, Thanks for listening. More soon. Take care. Bye-bye.
Type 40, a Doctor Who podcast, is a space book production for the Fandom Podcast Network with music by Problem Being.